exactly prompted you to do that? Because it's very um, extensive in in the development of the of the book of the layout. Um, so that's impressive. I'm curious as, as a guy that's got a couple of books I want to write, how long that took you to write, but what prompted you to write such a book and you lay out just the unique layout of it, I thought was interesting. So tell us a little bit about that. Well, it's basically a book about mind renewal and, uh, it's kind of gives you more of an idea of how the enemy works. The secret world is basically the replacement that the enemy mimics and imitates the secret place mm, right and the secret place is where the believer should abide and operate from it's where we're seated with christ in heavenly places that should be where our mindset is we just set our mind on things that are above but the enemy has a substitute and it's called the secret world it's a place where we retreat to and both places are places of refuge mm. one brings us into connection with the lord the other brings us in connection with our own, um, you know, um, self. Yeah. And so all of our inhibitions, all of our fears, all of our joys, all of our memories are stored in this secret world uh, that can be manipulated by the enemy to cause us to act, react, and respond in ways that are contrary to Scripture. Mm. So... When we get hurt or when we get uh, upset about something, we tend to retreat. You're going to retreat one to two places. Right. A well-trained believer is going to retreat to the secret place. A person that is totally carnally minded is going to retreat to the secret world, the world of fantasy, the world when in which they always get one up over their enemies, always, always relive, win. Yeah. always win, relive arguments, relive games they lost, things of that nature. Mm -hmm. And so I basically got the concept from um, uh, Derek Prince, who uh, did a teaching on uh, uh, how Satan penetrates the mind. And he began to share out of the book of Proverbs how that King Solomon had shared on two occasions that the mind was like a city. And just as we yeah, have traveled cities all around the sure. world, you know that there are certain sect sectors within a city mm -hmm. and that we have certain sectors within the construct and within the, the you know, the topography of our soul that yeah. lend itself to certain emotional, you know, uh, outbursts, uh, mm -hmm. emotional th uh, thoughts, right, right. Uh, psychosomatic illnesses, things of that nature. It's not all bad because, you know, you have your entertainment sector, you've got your uh, business, you know, business sector, sector yeah. you've got all these different things. And so what the enemy desires to do is he knows that he cannot suppress what God has done within the believer in his spirit. So what he wants to do is he wants to somehow create a stopgap between what God's done in a man's heart keeping it from coming into the natural world. And how he does it is he creates or covers over aspects of our soul so that it diffuses what God wants to do. So the, the secret place is an organic place and the secret world is mechanical. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's, it's concrete and it's all everything that we know a big city should be. Right. It covers over nature. You don't see grass unless they're, 
unless it's just sure. being in unless it's purposeful. Yes. Yeah. And so you don't see that, but God always moves in an organic way in our life. And the enemy kind of does a clockwork orange, you know, mm-hmm. he tries to take the organic and make it mechanical. Right. And you mentioned the soul and that's the, that's the, <clears throat> the part of our being that's really susceptible to, to attack. Explain that uh, for people who may not understand you know the the three parts of a human mm-hmm. you might say uh, that we see in Hebrews four twelve. Yeah, you you basically have you know you are a spirit. Uh, you know, uh, I, I believe that uh, one of the best quotes in that is that we're not a um, a natural human having a spiritual experience, but we're a spirit having a human experience. Mm. It's it's very different. Sure. So basically, we we have a spirit. We have a soul, which houses our mind, our intellect, our will, our decision-making trigger, and our sensibilities, our emotions. Mm. Now, the emotions and the intellect can pull the trigger of the will. And most decisions are made from an emotional state of mind. So what the enemy desires to do is to create things within us, build buildings, edifices, Mm -hmm. monuments, Mm -hmm. statues to hurt and pain our success and pride in our lives that tend to motivate our thinking and our decision-making based upon those things. So we kind of see ourselves a certain way that kind of shrouds what God is trying to do in our life. So the goal is, is to take the organics of the spirit and begin to take over the city of the soul. Mm. And uh, that is a process that we're all in. Sure. And uh, there are certain areas that are well fortified and are harder strongholds that are harder to take down, but it can be done. Yeah. Wow. That's, uh, that's an interesting concept because, uh, well, that explains why the devil fights so hard for our, our mind, mm-hmm. and also it explains a lot about why the emotional um, awareness in our culture is huge right now. I mean, it seems like everybody is, you know, even today. If you if you feel like something, then that means you ought to be able to be that. Yes. Um, and so we, instead of letting the spirit dictate to the emotions, the emotions are dictating mm-hmm. to everything. It would seem. And that's what the secret world does. The secret world is a place in which emotions basically rule how I feel about me. I'm the star on my Broadway. Mm. You know, I'm I'm the main actor in every cinema that's right. there. My favorite bands are the ones that play in my head. Mm. You know, yeah. for me, yeah, sure. you know, my my Coliseum has the mighty Van Halen, you know, every <laughs> night, you know, and then I've got the 96, 97 Chicago Bulls playing every night. Right, right. So there, there are, it's a fantasy realm, and it's, it's really basically the parent of of the metaverse of sure. different things that we're seeing yeah. today is where people become something within themselves that begins to manipulate dominate and begins to work itself out mm. so instead of retreating to god in prayer and going to the secret place i'll get some chunky chocolate chip and sit and think about Ex loves and ex, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. And, and losses are, are when I did conquer, when I did win, and I will take those up to 
a scale that they bring me some sort of comfort. Right. And they're really working uh, detrimentally to sure. me and to my mental health. Right. Instead of going to God and relying on him to secure me in troubled yeah. times, I'm going into a play fantasy where I'm actually righting wrongs. Mm. I'm actually a superhero in my secret world. Right. And so it's, it's very devastating. And so, you know, even uh, people from the past, like our parents or grandparents, they still live in the secret world. They still inhabit it. And many times people are conferring with these uh, people that have long passed in their secret world instead of communing with the Lord. Wow. So they're saying, Mama, Nana, Nana said this. Have you ever heard anybody yeah, say, I sure. had a dream and Nana showed up and she wow. gave me this information. And so that, that comes from the secret world. It comes from the psychic area of the second heaven. The enemy wants to build something in you that he can control, that he can not just builds, but actually inhabits and actually controls it. So say, for instance, you have an issue with tithing, okay? Mm -hmm. So your financial sector has a problem with this area of tithing. So you're up there and you're teaching your people about God's grace and giving and understanding giving and receiving and understanding that tithe is not a debt that we owe. It is a response because God has given us so much. And so we're sitting there, we're, we're talking to it, even from a realm of grace and no law whatsoever. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden you have a riot in that section of your soul, of your secret world. And everybody gets in the streets and says, down with tithing, down with tithing. (laughs) We hate it. Uh, you know, um, uh, preachers just want your money. It's for the hot tub fund, you know, all this stuff. And they're shouting all these things. And it's like a portion of your city lights up in a riot, much like we saw two years ago in the streets in Mm -hmm. our nation, it begins to light up and there's immediate controversy. And that's what the secret world does. It's a strong, this is all happening inside your head while you're having a conversation or even teaching, like you say, or you can just be simply sitting and listening and this stuff happens. We all know that this goes on. Sure. I mean, words are triggers. If they're anything, sure. They certainly create environments and they're certainly, you know, they, they're packed with potency and power. And once they penetrate the, the psyche, you know, they can go in, to the filtration, you know, of our mind and where we're at. And then all of a sudden we've got thoughts that don't even seem like the dots are connected, but it's because the secret world has been activated to shoot down the truth of God's word because it doesn't want you to be renewed in that area because that means that your spirit will take ground in the city. Yeah. So we know Hosea 4, 6, you know, God says, my people perish for lack of knowledge. How much of creating that secret world is cognitive i mean how is it just is it something that happens and and we need to understand how the enemy works against us in order to combat that or push back on that or is it something that we're just doing to escape i mean how much are we complicit mm-hmm. with that mm-hmm. and how much just happens because the enemy's bringing it about the enemy brings it about, and we're complicit both. to it. So there, there's a there's both both and yeah. Uh, so you've got constant barrage of words, images, and things that are coming into your transom mm-hmm. all the time, and, and that's just kind of the 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 price of being 
in this being on this, in planet. this fallen world. Yeah. Yes, yeah. And, and it's set up that way explicitly uh, to get you to think, to get you to be um, to react. Uh, I'm guessing to respond and react mm. in ways that are contrary to the Scripture because the whole Word of God is based on seed time and harvest. So if He can get you to sow seed into your mm. harvest, you become yeah the orchestrator of your own destruction. So so then the other side of that then is what we speak out from a scriptural mm-hmm. uh, perspective becomes very important. So yeah. again, like yeah. Jesus said, you know, you'll have what you say essentially. The word of God for the believer is the software that drives the hardware. Mm. Uh, there's a lot of people trying to operate in the hardware and they don't have the software applied. Right. And so the enemy knows this. The enemy knows that when software comes in, it's going to activate the operating system mm. and you're going to operate differently. Right. So he wants to impede that process or even just get you to where you're not even applying any of the right. software at yeah. all because he can dominate your life. Yeah, and he's okay with that ignorance, isn't he? I mean, he, he he's ignorance. not looking for a, a, a level playing field. He wants yeah. to victimize people that are just happy-go-lucky and not even aware. Yeah, darkness denotes ignorance in, yeah. the, in the book, in the, in the, book, uh, the Bible. Mm-hmm. Darkness denotes ignorance. He preys upon ignorance. Mm. So what does a person do? Let's say that, that a person's trapped in this, and they don't even realize it, but they're trapped in this secret world. Their default mechanisms are all always the opposite of what Scripture would tell you to do. Mm-hmm. But the person loves the Lord and is even born again, let's say. What what are the steps? How would that person come out of that? In a, because I'm sure somebody's listening that says, hey, I, I've got this mm-hmm. this thing running in my head, and it's consuming me mm-hmm. and uh, how do i how do i get myself focused on well second uh, corinthians um chapter 10 is is probably the the most uh, significant verse in understanding how these cities are built and how they're taken down mm. but um it says in verse 3 of chapter 10 it says for though we walk in the flesh we are not waging war according to the flesh for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. And that's what we're talking about. Right. Now, if you'll go back just real quickly over to the fourth chapter, you'll kind of see um, what the enemy does here in verse number three. It says, and even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing in their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds uh, of the unbelieving to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. So basically, when we look up that word veiled in the Greek, it's it's a uh, Hebrew word, kalupto, and it means to cover. It means to uh, keep secret. It means wow. to camouflage, and uh, it's akin to another Greek word called kalube, which means to build a hut or cabin over. And so that's where I got the concept of the secret world, is, right. is here God organically wants to do something in the real estate of our soul, which is contested territory. Right. You can find that out in the book of Ephesians um, uh, chapter 4, where it says, and give no place to the devil. That word place is topography in the Greek. Mm-hmm. It means real estate. Wow. So where's the real estate at? The real estate is in the soul. Yeah. And that's where the main 
road to the deceptions and schemes of the devil is. So what he desires to do is he desires to build something in our lives. And notice, go back to 10, and it says this, we destroy arguments. So that's one of the main building blocks Mm. is arguments. Arguments and every lofty opinion. There's another piece. There's another component of the building. Raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought. Mm. So you've got these three components that he uses to build an edifice in our soul that he hopes to inhabit by a spiritual entity, an unclean spirit, that that's his end game. It's not just to build the city, but to run it. Mm. And so what we have to do is we have to do exactly what the scripture says. We have to take our thoughts captive. Mm. We have to basically set parameters around our city and not let vagrants come in and begin to build their tent cities their you know and take habitation in our life right so if i'm sitting here and all of a sudden you know someone does something to me that i don't understand i have a choice because the enemy's going to use any human interaction to try to convey some thought or some opinion to build something mm. about you and me. So we're having a conversation. I sense that there's something here. Maybe you're going through a bad day. He's going to take that and he's going to use it to say, you know what? Ken doesn't really like you. Mm. You know, he doesn't think that you have what it takes. He hates your book, you know, so to speak. <laughs> so so you're, you're sitting there and you've got to take authority right. over those thoughts. No one is, is uh, equipped to help you with mind renewal other than you. Right, right. And most people are not taking responsibility for their thought life. Yeah. They're continuing to fantasize about things, replaying offenses, hurts, things of that nature. And it just builds them. It solidifies them and builds monuments to them. And so whenever we come into a place of depression or we come into a place in which we are finding ourselves in the blues, so to speak, Mm -hmm. we'll... In our mind, we're actually sitting on right in front of that monument, rehearsing, rehashing, and reimagining that hurt and how of the many different scenarios we could use. Wow! To so almost like worshiping at an altar. I mean, in the Old Testament, they would build altars to remember. Mm For instance, crossing the Jordan or a number of things. You know, we see it all through there. Pity parties. Sure. Um, And then so what we've done is sort of reverse that and and set those things up or allow mm -hmm. them to be in our mind and not contest them, Mm -hmm. but spend time. Yeah, it has to be contested totally. You can't. You can't just let thoughts wander in your mind and stay there. I mean, just say, for instance in this beautiful property that you have here. If someone decided to come in from Conway and said, you know what, I'm going to set a tent over here right right in your backyard, and uh, I'm going to put a little portable fire. I've got a dog. He's going to defecate all over your lawn, <laughs> and I'm going to defecate too, uh, you know, and you're going to have trash all over the place and yeah, stuff yeah. like that. What would you do? You would take the proper precautions to, or you take proper action to get that taken care of. Get off my property. This is not lawful for you to be in. But how many of us just sit there 
as the enemy hurls accusation sure. after accusation, yeah. and we just we don't we, we don't treat the spirit as it as if it's as important as the natural right. when it's actually more important. Yes, because mm. it it's coming to stay. Yeah, it, it's you know you can get the police out here, but you're the only police. Yeah, you're the only police when it comes to your mind, and most people they'd have no regard for their thought life. They're taught by our culture to embrace fantasy, to embrace, um, you know, use your imagination. Well, imagination was given to us to activate the Word of God, to activate what God has mm-hmm. done in our lives. Sure. It's not meant to be used to build fantasy lands and places that bring us into impaired functioning. And that's exactly what He wants to do. He wants to impair you emotionally. To where you make decisions based on how you feel. And mm-hmm. we have an entire generation of people that oh are operating in this. And yeah. so it's, it, you know, <clears throat> the secret world is something that we don't necessarily see on the surface all the time, but it's there. Right. When I bump into you, I'm not just bumping into Ken that I see in the physical. I'm bumping into, into, into an entire universe, mm-hmm. an entire world, your history, everything that's about you. Your walk with God, uh, where it's at, the 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 quality of it. Yeah. I'm bumping into that. Everything and past, present. I'm also bumping into um, your mistakes, your weaknesses, your your you know your strengths. Mm-hmm. And what the enemy wants to do is he wants to build a city that memorializes and monuments and augments these things, so that he can use it for manipulation through word viruses. So he, he, he'll hit you with a word virus, and it'll trigger an emotional response. Say, for instance, you know, you and I, we've talked about, about our dads. You know, we've mm-hmm. talked about, you know, home life. Yeah. Okay, so you can go years without having any trouble whatsoever in regards to what went on in your home or whether your dad left or whether the feelings mm-hmm. of rejection, things of that nature. And then all of a sudden, a word war, a word virus will come in. And that word virus will trigger an aspect of your city, and you'll be, oh, my God, nobody loves me, right, nobody right, right. cares. It takes you into a total line of it's thinking. a very dark place. And then it opens the door to affect your physical immunity. There's immunities to all of the various dimensions of man, spirit, soul, and body. There's immunities. The Word of God is an immunity system for the spirit of man. It's mm-hmm. also an immunity system for the soul of man. Wow. And so that's what he wants to do. He, the, the devil doesn't care whether you go to heaven. He just wants you in the ground because yeah, you're off you the playing field. Immobilized. Yeah. yeah you, he, and you don't have to be six feet under to be dead. Oh, for sure. Just, uh, just marking time. And it's just like Lazarus, you know, when he was raised and uh, Jesus said, Lazarus, come forth. And he came forth hopping out of that tomb because mm-hmm. he was mm-hmm. wrapped and bound in grave clothes. And notice Jesus turned to the church. And says, loose him mm. and let him go. Well, picture that in your head. Are they going to start at his feet? No, they're going to start at his head. Mm. They usually had a napkin and then had some, you know, cloth binding, that was around yeah. there binding. That's the first place to start. If we're going to experience new life, we've got to experience it first. You see, active in the world because yeah. we receive new life when we get born again. Yeah. But to get it out, see, that's the whole point. Work out your salvation right. with fear and trembling. It's going to come through getting the, rid the of the grave clothes. Yeah. The grave clothes. Wow. 